International. Oh, hey, uh, welcome. Welcome to the things and stuff and all that other stuff. And there's things going on. I am uh, not on Tinder or on Bumble or Match or OkCupid or anything that remotely resembles online dating because... I don't want to meet people anymore. So, uh, let's just leave it at that, okay? It is better to have loved and lost than to have swipe right and fear for your life. That is something that Aristotle preached or to his choir, which is where that expression comes from. So do me a favor and... Um, check out the show because it's a good one okay my name is ah you uh, fuck that that thing that i always used to do we're just gonna keep it simple simple like a dimple as they say all right i'm not stoned promise eh, maybe a little if it doesn't fit you must equip. Oh, right. <sighs> this is the good life. Just relax and let my mind drift. Having Y2K compliant. Slim Jim. Eat my shorts. What's the deal with Aquaman? Could he go on the land or was he just restricted to wood? No stairway. Denied. This is Ryan with Shalom and an assalamu alaikum to all of you out there, our standard greeting. We got to bring the worlds together. You know what I mean? We're preaching peace on this podcast. So if Assad, if you're listening, please just come to the table and talk to us. That's all we want you to do. Uh, it's today is Earth Day. This will be posted a few days after, if maybe, maybe a few months after. You never know. But uh, I'm the kind of guy that wants to save the planet. All right. So... Please do your part. Uh, don't don't go uh, don't go throwing coal in our drinking water. All right, I'm talking to you. Me? Not you. Okay. But uh, just be, just be cool. All right, save the goddamn planet, would you? Holy shit! How many more examples do you need, you climate deniers? Uh, that's about as political as we get on this podcast. So that rant is over. If you want to categorize it as a rant. We have a fantastic episode lined up for you this week. My guest is somebody who uh, is involved with radio broadcasting. He's also a good friend of mine on and off microphone. We are joined today with uh, we're joined today with, uh, 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 by uh, Matt. Everybody, I stammered through that, but hello, Matt. How are hey, you? Hey, doing well. It's good to see you. You too. We and do. Yes, go ahead. I was just going to add. Don't throw your used pizza boxes in the recycling bin. Why not? Because they're, they're, they're full of grease. They can't use them anymore. Oh, they can't get recycled? Mm -mm. Oh, shit. I read oh, that. I have like, been doing this wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I read that in the New Yorker a while ago. So There's so many rules to recycling that I don't even know what is trash anymore. Mm -hmm. I just, I throw all my York peppermint patty wrappers in the trash. Yeah. And I throw all my banana peels in the trash. <laughs> and everything else goes into the recycle bin. Yeah. I, and I, I heard the same thing with bottle caps, too. They're like, yeah, we don't want those in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it's metal, right? Yeah. You, th you look at something and you think metal, plastic, yeah, I'm going to throw this in the green bin. Yeah. But there's no, you know, there's no uh, semblance of order here. So I guess just try your hardest. Yeah. Just read the rules or don't. I don't know. Just rinse it off and throw it in there. That's it. Yeah. I, I say recycle it all. Let God sort it out. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that's a bumper sticker that I yeah. am going to make. Well, there are jobs there. People sort it out. There, You know, I have yet to meet somebody who actually is involved in the recycling industry. I don't think anyone would take pride in it. You don't think? They should, but I don't think they do. I see, my theory is that it's one of those undocumented worker type scenarios. It's mm. like, uh, you know, you get the, uh, the day laborers to do some landscaping, and then mm -hmm. you get uh, the day laborers to do some recycling. The sorting. Gustavos and Javier's of the world, yeah. Sure. I mean, I wasn't going to go there, but you... But I'm Hispanic, so I can say it. You are a man of, uh, what are you, Mexican? Um, yeah, I guess uh, more Spanish than anything, but yeah. Like Spain Spanish. Yeah, like my dad is 
my dad looks nothing like any Mexican guy would like, he's extremely light complected and yeah. his eyes are like super like green or blue. Yeah. Kind of thing. He's, and my, he's, he's European, mm-hmm. Spanish, European, Spanish. Uh, Latino. Yeah. And yeah. my mom is super like from middle of Mexico, like very dark skinned. Um, oh, yeah, where the money is. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I had a, I have a friend who lives in Guadalajara mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he explained to me once the Mexicans that come into America are the ones from very, very poor villages and uh, towns. And they come to America and, you know, they make $40 in one hour or two hours of work. And that is enough to send back to the family yeah. to be able to subside for a week on food or whatnot. I think that- that's how my grandparents did it. Yeah. But I, I think eventually they just picked up in the 60s and they moved straight here. Yeah. And my grandpa opened. Uh, gas station yeah and then oh and then they just planted roots and that was it in texas Mm -hmm. in el paso from my mom's side and there wasn't any resistance to them coming here or was it no i I think they got like work permits yeah and i remember when i was a child like in the early or mid 90s uh being in a ceremony where my grandmother received her her american citizenship yeah and so she got that before she passed away like decades later later all right my grandfather got it as well yeah so, on my dad's side of the family the way they came over here was my grandpa had dual citizenship so he served in the army yeah and he went off to europe after the world war that's the best way to curry yeah. favor in america yeah go serve in a war yeah unless, and then unless you're irish and you know you just get discarded <laughs> Which yeah. is a lot of what happened. There's uh, actually the like a century. large like Irish population as well with like Mexico. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Why? How did that happen? I don't know. I think the Spanish-American War. Yeah. And they would just because the Irish were discriminated so much in America, they were seen as less of yeah. a person. Interesting. And they, they put them out towards the border and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to trace the lineage of where people end up. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot about um, how there's a large German and Czech population in Texas. Yeah. Like in central Texas, right? In central Texas. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, uh, depending on who you talk to, if you make a road trip up to like Waco from Austin, everybody tells you to pull off 35 and go, go to like this Czech bakery. I went there yeah. several times. <laughs> it was like the birthplace of Kalachis, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. With my ex-girlfriend she moved to Dallas and I would go up there. Yeah. I, you know, the, it would cost me like a hundred dollars for like a round trip with gas and food, but yeah, I would always stop before and after for the kolaches does it live up to the hype yeah yeah they're good and the line moves quickly too i had never even heard of a kolache before i moved out here yeah and i'm like a food snob you know i didn't have one until i was in san marcus yeah when i was going to school down there they're delicious yeah i was like this is amazing where have you been my whole life they're like buttery flaky hot pockets Mm -hmm. for all of our listeners out there all four of you and jake Rowe. yeah (laughs) (laughs) But Jake. you've been in you've been in Texas your whole life. Mm-hmm. Do you plan on leaving anytime? Um, I think in like a couple years I should be good to go. Yeah, where are you thinking? I think I want to end up in the East Coast. Okay, just for some time, just yeah. to grind it out. Grind what out? I don't know, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm still figuring that out. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to do comedy and get into like comedy writing. Yeah, and maybe I'll have luck there. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It, it all depends on me. I've been getting high a whole lot. Yeah. So I've been like, how do I do this? Oh, it's never going to happen. Yeah. And then, and, and, and it, it may never, but there's always like when I sober up and I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I got to at least try, right? I got to at least go for it. You've always got to try. Mm-hmm. You can't, even when I, even as I was ramping up to, to start to begin this podcast, I remember saying to myself, uh, I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. I am not necessarily somebody who easily welcomes people into my life, but I do like talking to people one-on-one, which is a huge uh, introvert trait. Yeah. And I said to myself, you have an opportunity to do it because super producers, Ethan and Donna are providing one and you should be grateful for any opportunity that comes along in life. And the only regret is in not trying. Yeah. So I went for it and uh, here we are with my four listeners, and Jim Crow. <laughs> um, of course I kid, but yeah, man, I mean, you got to go for it. Are you uh, putting together a plan of sorts? Yeah. Well, first of all, pay off credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Then I can move. <laughs> how, how bad is it? Um, maybe like six. Six figures? Yeah. 
Oof, 6K. That's yeah. it. Oh, but 6, 6,000. Yeah, okay. it's not bad. Oh, that's nothing. No, I just work at a very shitty place. That's really it. Yeah, well, hopefully they won't <laughs> listen to this. But that's okay. They won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, be, I'll be more than happy to quote that. Yeah. When I share your podcast. Yeah, fantastic. Because they all work there. We'll just edit it out. That's all. We <laughs> no, have a, no, you won't. There's a lot of post-production <laughs> that goes into this. So uh, we'll edit it out. Look, I do post-production all day. Do no you? one's going to do it. <laughs> so wait. Uh, well, we can't say where you work now. And okay. We weren't going to anyway. But um, are you still working in radio? I am. Okay. I had what, a scare last week. What happened? I almost got fired. How? Um, I showed up late for a client. Um, I completely forgot that she was at 10.30 and I showed up like at 10.45. Mm-hmm. And that's because I had been very stubborn for like the last few weeks yeah. because I had been sending some air checks and sending some like, you know, some work that I've done as in like, I want to do more for the company. So please pay me more so I can be here longer. Mm-hmm. I don't, I want to have to leave to my second job and I can get some rest and I can do like some great production for you guys. Yeah. And it was just, I was just being ignored mm-hmm. until like it all like snowballed and boiled to this point where I showed up late and my boss looks at me and says, this is going to be a problem. Ooh. And then I was like, well, <laughs> like becoming extremely emotional at the same time as in like wanting to be angry, but yet wanting to, for some reason, cry at the same time. Sure. Yeah. I go, well, I'm sorry, but I wouldn't have to do this. Yeah. Had you guys just have you guys just give me a living wage so I can just work at one place and I can sleep and I won't have to wake up late for the gym mm-hmm. and then I won't have to stumble in here late and forget about this podcast or this uh, or this show that nobody's even tuning into on on Saturday yeah. afternoons right and then um, and then instead of saying or taking a step back and saying what what can we do to to keep matt or to like help him out a little bit he walked over to his boss's office and said what part-timer can we get to replace matt wow by the end of the week and i'm still there okay well that worked out <laughs> i i guess it was like nobody i think they looked at all the folders and are like oh matt's build like He's done a lot of production. Mm-hmm. The clients actually like him. Yeah. This could probably backfire on us. And um, they're like, it's probably not best to get rid of him right now. Is it a very cutthroat? Because inv- radio could be very cutthroat from what I understand. It can be. It's smaller and it's always shrinking. Yeah. That's why I want to do more. Yeah. It's like, no, let, let me gain some skills so I don't get phased out here. And if, if you don't mind me interjecting for one mm-hmm. second, I, that could possibly be why they keep you on as part time too. Yeah. Because they're getting more bang for I'm their buck. I'm actually full time. Oh, okay. Yeah, but... Oh, they were seeing... Okay. Yeah. Well, who could we promote to replace Yeah, Matt? yeah. Who can we... Then they wouldn't give the next person a full-time position yeah 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 but yeah. radio is also uh, it's not on it's not uh it's commonly known to not have very high paying salaries yeah unless so. you go to public radio okay which is a medium-based salary yeah mm-hmm. now, how'd you get into radio i went into that's a good question i guess i kind of fell in love with npr like in college mm-hmm I had it, was it the syrupy delivery of the DJs? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. It was that uh, their storytelling abilities mm-hmm. on This American Life and Radiolab. Radiolab was probably what really like grabbed my attention. Sure. I, as a kid, my parents never listened to public radio, uh, probably because their parents never listened to public radio. Probably, so they yeah. they just they they just turned on the radio and I listened to like Buzz Adams in the morning. Yeah, in El Paso, and he was like their version of. Like I guess Howard Stern, like you know that 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 like wonky kind of like '90s, sure, like radio feel. We're gonna we're gonna toe the line and see who gets pissed mm-hmm. off, sort mm-hmm. of entertainment. And value. he's so he's so out there doing that. But I, when I heard that, I was like, I think the first thing I remember hearing on there was like I loved like Peanuts when mm-hmm. I was growing up, like Charlie Brown and sure. stuff. They did this bit about Charlie Brown being like this 20-year-old player and talking about how he gets with this redheaded girl all the time. It was very inappropriate for my age. I was like maybe 12 or something. Yeah. But that stuck with me. And I was like, I want to I do that. I want to yeah. work with that. 
And, and, then, and might I say, Buzz Adams, very Texas name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It turned out he was actually married to my, one of my friends in high school. It was, oh. He was married to, no, not him, but he was married to uh, his, his aunt. Oh, I, okay. Yeah. So a he. A couple of degrees of separation between yeah, you and Yeah, but like Buzz. it was very, very close. I was like, that's the closest I'll get to Buzz Adams. That's it. But um, anyways, I went to college and I picked up like a love for writing and journalism. Mm-hmm. And then I started listening to NPR. Yeah. And I was like you could do this this is super cool this is way better than some cheesy morning show <laughs> and and then i just started doing stories like that for classes and then working in college radio okay and i tried really hard to get in with uh the npr station here um but it's competitive it very extreme, yeah. yeah i think all npr stations are competitive because everybody wants to be working everybody wants to sit at the cool kids table that and everybody wants to live in austin like I, that too. Like now, I, yeah, yeah. Like I've been through the rigorous interviews because I interned there, mm-hmm. and so they know me and they give me a shot every chance. But it's always it always seems to get like, yeah, this is going to get close. This is going to be it. Yeah. Or like, oh, we actually just had somebody from North Carolina apply. Mm. He has five years on top of you, so we're going to take him. Sure. And yeah. It's like rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, experience yeah. trumps all. Yeah. Um, I. I too went. I went to college for broadcasting. That's mm-hmm. what I was studying, and radio was my initial trajectory. Yeah, and I ended up interning uh, slash kind of working at a radio station called WNEW, which is legendary in New York mm-hmm. for um, as a classic rock station. It started out as a rock station, like in the seventies, which was when rock was like at its peak on radio, and it would break these now. You know, very uh, legendary DJs, Scott Muni, Carol Miller, a few people. Um, And then they pivoted into shock talk because Stern came Mm -hmm. on the scene in New York and just completely... He changed the... He did. He fucking put a cigarette out on the heads of everybody in radio. Yeah. Leading up to when he... He was... was, Honestly, like, it's him and, like, Larry David that are, like, my idols for... Oh, you like the curmudgeons. Yeah. Well, this is a good... Okay, this is a good way for the discussion to go. Okay. Let's just forget about my, you know, my my adventures in radio. Um, Because I was going to bring this up later on in the conversation. We know each other off mic and Mm -hmm. we are friends, but you are... You carry yourself... Uh, a bit more gently, a bit more silent, a bit more introverted than than other people. And I, I wonder, mm-hmm. uh, is there a curmudgeon bubbling up inside of you? Is there a side to you that's neurotic or anxious? What what goes on in the old thought factory? <laughs> in my head? With, with Matt, yeah. Yeah, I think I just overthink everything too much. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's that's like why I'm like so quiet. I've always been an extremely timid, shy person. Yeah. For whatever reason, I think it's actually my parents' fault. They were shy people, both of them. Yeah. And well, why, why is it their fault? Well, I, I, you know, your parents pass everything on to you. Yeah. And I think the only thing my parents really gave me was maybe a little bit of knowledge and some extreme insecurity in life. So, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I'm quiet, my sister's quiet, my brother's quiet, but yeah. like around each other, we're all, I think there's just a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as I get to know you, I you, open up sure. extremely, and and then I'm not as quiet as when you first met me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Or you could just go back to my early 20s, and I could just get super hammered, and then I'm a completely different person. <laughs> yeah. In my fraternity days, like, I had, a, I guess, an alter ego or something. Yeah. I would blackout drunk, and people would tell me stories that I wouldn't remember. Yeah. Things I said and did. But it's just interesting to hear you blame your parents for passing those traits down, because they're not, um, you know, uh, they're not unadmirable traits, being no. timid and shy. No. Um, but you view them as that. Like yeah. you, you wish you were a little bit more verbose and I, yeah. Well, you keep mentioning like Jake Rowe. I wish like, I like Jake a lot yeah. and, um, I wish I was, and by the way, I apologize like for him. keep mentioning Jake Rowe. No, he's a great no, no, guy. I'm <laughs> yeah. Jake Rowe. You guys should really get to know him. He's, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I wish I was more outgoing like him. Yeah. Like I see that and he's like super friendly and charismatic yeah. and like animated. And it's just like, look at this guy. Like we all love this guy. And I'm like, I want to be loved too. Mm-hmm. I can be like that. You just give me a little time. It's, it's certainly an extrovert's world mm-hmm. that we live in. And I completely relate to what you're saying there. Cause I look at people like Jake and we've had, uh, we have we've had both Pats on the show here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a good friend uh, Sean Donnelly was on the show a while back. These are very gregarious and very uh, extroverted personalities, 
that draw people in because like what you said, they have this charisma mm-hmm. and I am in complete envy of that. But at the same time, I've learned to appreciate being the quiet person. Yeah. Um, becoming comfortable with yourself is a gigantic challenge as a quiet, introverted person. Do yeah. you find yourself uh, constantly trying to rise to the occasion with that? Are you trying to, uh, you know, uh, defeat the hurdles in front of you for being a quiet person? I think so. I think it's a daily kind of battle for me. Yeah. Um, I I just, I, I guess maybe I don't know how to start a conversation. That's probably what my biggest thing is. Like, like I don't, I don't, I'm, I see comics every day, uh, especially, you know, around this time where we, during FPIA, everyone is out. Everyone is out. Mm-hmm. And so you get to see people you haven't seen in a long time. And it's just like, well, shit, what do, what do I talk about? Yeah. Their day? Do I, I guess I just ask them about their day. How's their day going? And then maybe I'll talk about the cat that my roommate just got mm-hmm. and brought home. Yeah. And then maybe I'll figure it out from there. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like a, it, it's kind of like that. But there's no anger or anything in me. Yeah. I know I look mad half the time. You look pissed right now. I do. Are you going to fight me? No. Okay. I just, I, I think I just have like that resting dick face kind of just <laughs> syndrome. Like I just have that. It's I have just, resting dick dick. Oh, okay. Yeah. My dick looks angry all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. I, it's weird. When you said that, I was like, okay, that, does that mean it just like lays down and never does anything? It gets like, pissed at people. Okay. Yeah. It like <laughs> lashes out. But anyway, that's a different podcast. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, it's interesting that you bring up the stand-up community because of all the communities to be involved in, that is the one where I think uh, we feel the pressure, the social pressure mm-hmm. uh, to begin conversations. Yeah. And um, maybe it's because I've, I've uh, been exposed to that community for so many years that I now have learned that it's not of utmost importance to start a conversation. Um, yes, when I'm standing in a group of people or a circle of people, I will fold my arms and clam up and just listen to what everybody's talking about because mm-hmm. I don't do well in groups at all. But when it comes to one-on-one, it, you know, it's just a, a simple matter of how's things going yeah. or what'd you do today? And, um, you know, you just, you, you, you lock in, you, you listen, you start asking more questions. It's interesting, you know, introverts always find ways, like we strategize. Like you just said, uh, you like to, okay, I'll bring up my cat and I'll bring up this. And that's something that we do that extroverts don't do. Yeah. Extroverts just, blah, they just throw it all out there. Yeah. And introverts just sort of have a, have a plan going in, mm-hmm. you know? Um, do you find yourself doing that outside of the stand-up community too? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think when I, <laughs> I had this joke a long time ago because sometimes I don't make like the best impressions and it seriously <laughs> did happen with like my ex-girlfriend. She introduced me to her friends and one of the guys was like, he, I don't know what you're seeing him. He's not, that great yeah yeah and, and um and he started playing this they started playing this game where you name your spirit animal yeah. and um why you relate to that spirit animal and they came around to me and everyone was looking at me and i didn't even think this at all i, I just opened my mouth and just said whatever came out yeah and i just said like i was like i guess my spirit animal is a penguin mm-hmm. and then everyone just stared at me and i was like you know penguin because you know, he has all the tools to fly, but it can't, the penguin can't fly. And that's <laughs> yeah. where I'm at with my life. And everyone was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's, you haven't said anything in like 30 minutes and that's what you say. Well, you got too real. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was very I, real, yeah. but it, I mean, it was honest. I yeah. mean, yeah. I wish more people appreciated that sort of honesty yeah. in people. But at the same time, if you're meeting someone for the first time, it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> or like, we're like now, like I'm in like a really good relationship and sometimes I try and be like outgoing, but like I'll say something that'll get my girlfriend mad or like we'll meet one of her friends or like even when I was sitting down with one of my one of my good friends and his girlfriend are like, so what's up guys? I was like, well, you know, we met uh, at work and then we had really bad sex the first night and then we just kept at it and now we're here. Yeah. And she's like, stop talking yes. about our sex life. <laughs> yeah. Too, too honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Too much. Mm-hmm. Is your girlfriend uh, an extrovert? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. She's a pothead. That's what she is. Well, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> but I really, I don't know. She's really cool. Yeah. But she's she more the one that drives the conversation mostly. She's the one introducing people to people and, mm-hmm. So that's the, the it's a good balance, I think. Yeah, yeah. You like the yin and the yang there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I think that's kind of important. I think I always, I always needed someone. I was like, I need someone that's outgoing, 
and maybe in the medical profession. That way I can just be quiet and do artsy stuff the rest of my life. Oh, I just see. be able to afford it. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, well, not that your partner would support everything that no. you do, but on an emotional level, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's just like, let me like, you know, take pictures and do comedy and, and buy pictures and, and canvases and and just give me your credit card and I'll go to West Elm and furnish the whole place and yeah. you know we'll we'll be happy. That sounds you good. You just got to buy everything though. Yeah, so. you had me up until the West Elm part. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate going and shopping for things like that. No. I don't like shopping for things that are so permanent, you know, like yeah. furniture. Yeah. Or uh, 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 what's another example? I can't think of one, but you understand like buying a car I'm going to have to do next year. Yeah. I am so dreading that experience because mm-hmm. number one, I don't want to talk to the salesman. And number two, I mean, that is a purchase you make that is yours for a decade at most. Right. Um, or at least, but, uh, I, am the same way too, though. I, I like shopping, yeah. but when I shop, I'm always like, how long is this going to last me? I don't, if I'm going to spend good money on it, I'm not going to let it l- just last for like a year and then just get rid of it. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I hear that. <laughs> what was the last thing you bought? What did I buy? I almost bought Besides something Besides the uh, guacamole you got in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, I know. I really, I just showed up with that. I'm like, hey, going to put this in the fridge? It's great. I'm, yeah. I'm on a race. I don't want it to brown on me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Oh, you went with the fresh stuff. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. It's like, it's one of those tasty videos that I saw. Oh, okay. And then I just sent it to my girlfriend. She made it for me. So Nice. Yeah. What a gal. Yeah, I know. Great. What did I buy last time? I may have bought something. What was the last major purchase you made? I'm trying to think of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably a clothing item. Yeah. I probably, I, I shop way too much like for clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you go? I don't know where to go around here. You don't know where to go. I, I just, feel so fashionably <laughs> excluded. I just like, I, I, I just feel like I just, I just end up going to like to Banana Republic or J Crew. That's, okay, that's really, the, uh, yeah. I just go there. Yeah. Yeah. Via preppy stores. I guess so. Yeah. Do they have preppy? I just shop in the clearance section though. Sometimes they just have really good sales. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta do some digging. Yeah. yeah. You never know what you're going to I turn can't up. believe this is podcast material. This is, let me tell you something. You'd be surprised at who's riveted at discussions like this because people relate to it you know okay i think so if you would you listen to something like this yeah i love stuff like this i I like i like i like stories of people coming up into like comedy like you know you dropped a few names like pat dean or like you know i i I like i I would like to see like where did he start and how did he get to where he is today yeah i tried i tried uh figuring out what his what the genesis of his uh stand-up I guess career or stand-up life was like Mm -hmm. Um, and he said that he was doing music beforehand and that sort of uh, inspired the creative side of him and that's with a few comics in town too I think that's a lot of comics they they, there's an old adage where it's like rock stars want to be comedians and comedians want to be rock stars and Mm -hmm. I think at some point in time if you're pursuing one of those you you may reverse course and go with the other yeah so it's not uncommon to meet a lot of comedians who are musicians initially what about presidents wanting to be comedians hey look we uh, (laughs) we don't get political on the podcast okay I'm sorry I was was just (laughs) gonna mention Obama because he he's a good joke teller oh he's a great he has great rhythm yeah yeah oh and in some ways Trump is too just not intentionally yeah I know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> scary uh, times yeah I had a nightmare about nuclear war last night so. did you really i've been having those lately don't know why well i mean you know why i know why i guess it's like subconsciously uh, i don't know it's like probably like the last thing right in the back of my head and then it just comes up are those the things that you think about a lot that yeah like well, nuclear destruction and where the world's going i just think it's like where would i go if i were to survive mm-hmm do I do I drive eight hours into El Paso? Can I make it on an eight-hour drive to um, my family? Yeah. Well, let's my start. Nephews? Let's start with what makes you think that you live in a city exposed to nuclear destruction. I don't think we're on the target. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. No. Maybe, maybe Dallas because of all the oil. Yeah. Right. Or, or Houston. Houston. Yeah. Because yeah. Texas, they have their oil fields. I think we're safe here. Yeah. It's actually probably the one reason why I liked living in El Paso. Yeah. I was like, nobody knows. The city's here. Yeah. So. You can just lay low. Yeah. Keep it's just profile. like, it would be fine. It's not like that on the East Coast, though. No. Would you be prepared for that? Just being a number? No. Yeah. You yeah. Like, you, like, you much prefer an identity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. A, I don't know how I would do that. I have no emergency prep system or there, anything. It's, a fi- it's fight or flight. I actually saw an episode of, what show was it? It was on HBO. It was about smoking pot. 
And cheers. It, no. <laughs> it, Great uh, show that cheers. God, I forgot what it was. Just some guy that delivers weed and it's it's just a really funny show. Oh yeah, that's um high maintenance. High maintenance, yeah. yeah. And they had this one episode that dealt with this guy, I guess who was getting way too baked mm-hmm. and he became paranoid about like leaving New York City within a certain amount of time yeah and he was like prepped for everything and 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 he was gathering stuff and he was training and i was like man i wouldn't do any of that crap yeah like i probably just wouldn't want to yeah just i'll just get fried <laughs> yeah i would just i much rather go out first <laughs> if i was living in a big city like that's just well that's that's like, like i have contacts i'm on medication i i'm i'm limited on here like yeah yeah well that's like that the, the whole zombie apocalypse question that i get asked like mm-hmm. uh what, what would be your escape route and i'm just and my answer is always i'll just get bit mm-hmm. i'll be a fucking zombie yeah. it doesn't seem that bad yeah get to hang out with your buddies yeah you get to just run around i would be curious you don't have to make any responsible decisions what would your conscience be like as a zombie it, well it'd be zombified it'd be brain dead okay probably right i guess i don't know yeah It'd be kind of cool if experience. That's just a journalist in me. Yeah. Asking questions. How does it look through the zombie's eyes? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Just to circle back uh, a couple of steps here. I am envious of people that smoke weed and get paranoid about things like that. And I know that sounds weird to hear. Mm -hmm. but But the reason why is because, and this is why I don't smoke pot anymore, is because when I do, the things I get paranoid about are on a, on a on a scale of who hates me? Mm-hmm. Uh, did I did I do the wrong thing? Did I say the wrong thing? Why is my life where it is right now? <laughs> and I would gladly trade that in for paranoia over nuclear destruction because I feel like you could wake up the next day and be like, oh yeah, we're not in any danger of nuclear destruction, right? Right. But people probably still do hate me. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, it is so weird. Just just getting like baked to the point where you just question everything yeah um what do you like when you get stoned because you're quiet already yeah i i get even quieter yeah um and then i just think it's weird that the profession of stand-up comedy exists and it's weird that i want to do it and that i have friends that want to do it it's a very bizarre medium yeah and i think it just when i'm stoned i just like like i really get sucked into it as in like why why is everyone doing this nobody told us that we had to do this yeah this probably didn't exist a hundred years ago uh well it, it did Wait, another oh, form but yeah another I know form what you mean. yeah i know yeah. what your point is yeah, yeah. uh it, it, yeah god how can i say this without being offensive i guess there's no way so i'm just gonna say it <laughs> not only do i think stand-up is an addiction which mm-hmm. i've stated many times on this podcast before and in the real world but i think stand-up attracts a certain type of personality that yeah. that is uh, a little narcissistic uh maybe a little dysfunctional i think um to truly wrap your arms around something like that requires a lot of um emotional sacrifice mm-hmm. um you know i don't know why people choose to do stand-up except for that uh, sort of validation and that sort of expression that sort of um, that notion of feeling important on stage because it's you talking, right? Um, and some are, you know, look, maybe those aren't bad qualities for something like stand up. Maybe that's why the comedians we love and idolize uh, become the way they are or mm-hmm. uh, reach the heights that they do. Um, but this is something that probably is a blanket term for all of the arts. I don't know that the most healthy people pursue the arts necessarily, right? right? Yeah. Would you disagree? No, I actually agree with you. Yeah. And I would say that it, it is very addicting and it's what I like to do. Yeah. I, I love it. And I just, love it too. It was just like when, before I did like stand up, I did like a year of improv because mm-hmm. I'd never stepped on a stage before. Yeah. I'd always wanted to, but like I said, I was very shy growing up and <laughs> I could even tell you that when I was in my fraternity, we had to give up. We, we had to stand up in front of like maybe 30 fraternity brothers. And as a pledge, you had to say something. And I was so quiet yeah. and timid that a lot of people were like, nah, you got to get this guy out of here. But really? like, yeah. But luckily, like I had a few friends in the pledge class. Yeah. And, uh, and, and some of the people that got to know me and actually sat down and talked to me because 
it they there were actually some like reasonable people that were like okay maybe it's not all about like bonding over alcohol mm-hmm. and and they would talk to me and they're like no he's actually like a really cool guy and we can have him in here and yeah. it would just be like they were like we need this guy because we need smart people in here too and so um like i cross over but whenever i had to stand up and say something I would always, they would always tell me to speak up and then I would speak up and they're like, dude, we still can't hear you. You need to speak up. Right. And it wasn't until I had like a class, um, like a criminal justice class and I had to give this presentation mm-hmm. about um, Miss Miss America and what they do after they win. Okay. It was stupid. <laughs> I was like, I can't, how is this part of this class? This is yeah. the stupidest thing. And, and this was right when like Obama <laughs> launched his, his uh, candidacy for president. Sure. So this was a while ago. Yeah. And like almost 10 oh, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eight years and ago. I went, and years. I went up to class, uh, I, I went up in front of everyone and it was a smaller classroom so they could hear me. Mm-hmm. But it was just dumb, and I was just being myself, and I'm just like, and this is what this person does. And then I just had a small comment after everything that I said. Yeah. I had no idea I was, like, like on the cuffs of writing jokes, and everybody kept laughing. And Oh, that was it. And then I was just like, this feels good. I remember yeah. getting in my car, like, afterwards and driving home. I'm like, that was so cool. Oh, yeah. And then I just sat on that for, like years oh and you were probably replaying replaying it you were over. replaying it in your mind and mm-hmm. how you thinking about how great yeah. it felt. yeah and then after that like some really cute girl like invited me to her party boom i showed up it, it was awesome like some other some other dude kept t- showing me like a shirt that he would wear every day it's like do you think this is funny you know what funny is i'm like i, I don't know anything <laughs> man and i was like yeah that's a that's a cool shirt yeah and and so when i when i when i did improv i thought it would be cool and it worked for to an extent where I had funny lines and I had and I made people laugh. Yeah. And one time I, I got off stage and I looked at my teacher. I was like, yeah, did you hear those people when they laughed at my joke? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Remember, they're laughing at all of us. Uh-huh. They're laughing with all of us. Sure. We're a team here. Yeah. Doing improv. I was like, well, I don't like that at all. <laughs> I did a lot of the work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so and then I was just like, I think maybe I should try stand up. Yeah. And then it's only gotten to maybe like a few months ago where I'm like, um, getting the hang of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's very singular sort of solo, you know, Mm -hmm. it's tennis compared to basketball. But I do like how it's like, it's all on you. Mm -hmm. If you fail, that's That's your failure. That's that's yours. And you got to accept that. Mm -hmm. But if you do great, then fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. You bask in that. It's, it's, it's an interesting spectrum of extremes Mm -hmm. it's either amazing or it's horrible yeah um and that's something that's hard to explain to somebody who not only doesn't do stand-up but just isn't involved in any sort of art Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah um it's interesting because i think i'm doing the opposite of what you did because i spent a good deal of time doing stand-up and then as you know i've been taking improv classes yeah the past few weeks which uh, there's a laundry list of reasons why. Um, mm-hmm. One of which was to get better at, at this, at doing po- the podcast. Um, but what I'm noticing is that initially I wasn't really too into the the team sort of approach. Yeah. The, the sort of, if I get a laugh, fuck you, why are you taking credit for it? Right. But, but that went away after class one. And mm-hmm. now I, I love an excuse to be silly mm-hmm. and to be absurd and stupid and improv is sort of teaching me to do that because essentially what's going on is everyone else is being stupid and silly yeah and so you don't feel like you're alone and um i don't necessarily give a shit if i get the credit mm-hmm. for a laugh um but i gotta say i do enjoy you know giving an alley-oop yeah to, to somebody else yeah you're watching them get the laugh well it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like now we're like funniest person in Austin we see our friends that do great yeah and they go up there and they have an amazing set and they made everyone laugh yeah and it doesn't matter whether they whether they advance or not it's well, just you like feel so happy for it's them. just like dude you were just great you were yeah. like so in the moment and like everyone loved you and like fucking great job yeah like you aced that exam, that final exam that we all go towards at the end that's of the a, year. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Advancing yeah. at FP is like getting a, a 1,200 I, on your SATs. I have, like, yeah, like, <laughs> I was, I, it was funny. We keep bringing up Jake, but Jake's like, I, I'm having nightmares that I missed my set. And I'm like, dude, 
I had the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm having like nightmares that like, I forgot my notebook or I forgot something. Yeah. And even though I know everything that I'm going to say, I, yeah. I, yeah, I'm forgetting stuff. I did it last year. I didn't sign up for it this year because I was too rusty. I didn't want to humiliate myself. But mm-hmm. I remember last year, you know, it was my first year in Austin and like my first year on the, on, on the scene, so to speak. And uh, I just, I do remember having one dream leading up to my date about how I was going to bomb or how's you know like I, I i think the dream was i went on stage and was just doing gibberish mm-hmm. and i because i thought that would be hilarious and uh and then like no one was laughing uh, that's all i remember from the dream so clearly yeah. it was a bad one yeah but it's interesting how those things weigh on your on your mind yeah um by the way you mentioned uh you mentioned that you didn't lose your job no and you mentioned that you didn't lose out on joining the fraternity Mm-mm. so that's two instances of people going to bat for you. Yeah. So maybe you do have charisma maybe. that you're unaware of. I think it's I think it's it's hidden, maybe. I mean I don't think those are coincidences, do you? No, I don't think so. Um I think once you get to know me, you generally like me. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I like you. you. Thank you. <laughs> and it's just um yeah, I know I'm not I, I'm not like the most approachable person. Um I try and work at that. Why do you think that though? I think it's just because I'm quiet. I I'd like I'd like hanging around all the funny people. Is it that you're not approachable or is it just that people aren't approaching you? There's a huge difference. I think it's more of I'm not approaching them. So you're not putting yourself out there. I'm not there. putting myself out there. Do you want to though? I do. But you said you were very shy and yeah, timid. Yeah. So do you really want to? I do. I just I cuz I, I I think I'm like 30 now and I don't want to be shy and timid anymore. But is it not putting yourself out there if you're shy and timid? I guess not. Maybe. Am I somewhere in the middle? I'm, we're what having I'm, a breakthrough right now. I think we are. <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is just because you're shy and timid doesn't mean you're not putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You know, being present means putting yourself out there. Yeah. You don't have to insert yourself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you should give a shit about the well-being of others. Right. And you should acknowledge people in the room. But that, you know, it takes time to uh, build rapport and relationships with people. And it's not going to happen instantly if you're a quiet person. Right. It's a gradual build. Right. Um, You know, I first got here, I barely said a fucking word to anybody. Mm -hmm. And then I started seeing people at the same open mics I was going to. And that's when I started, you know, when when you're recognizable... It makes it a lot easier to go up to someone and be like, how's it going, man? Yeah. Cool. And don't forget, man, the stand-up community, stand-ups in general, are very socially awkward people. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many times do you think, uh, maybe I'm just projecting here, but how many times have you thought that you said the wrong thing to somebody because they like walked away from you? Every day. Right. (laughs) That's not the case. Every night I'm out. Yeah. Comedians are so so in our own heads most of the time Mm -hmm. that it, it has nothing to do with what the other person did. Yeah. So... I guess what I'm driving at here is like, it's okay to be shy and quiet and still be charismatic. Yeah. And, you know, I used to think uh, that like, maybe like there, I was like, maybe it doesn't matter if I show up or come around anymore. Like who would really even take notice? And then I got a second job and then I got a girlfriend kind of all within the same time. Yeah. And, um, and I had to sacrifice some nights uh, for, for open mics. Mm -hmm. And then I, it was just, I couldn't make the early ones anymore. I had to go to the later ones. Yeah. And uh, and then I was very tired. And I, was, and I knew, I was like, it's going to take me some time for my body to adjust to all this. But I know I'll eventually balance out. Mm-hmm. And I'll slowly be able to start doing open mics Absolutely, again. Absolutely, yeah. And now I'm at that point. But I, <laughs> I showed up at one mic and there were like, eight comics were like where the hell have you been yeah and i was just like oh well this actually feels nice mm-hmm. people actually maybe they miss me or maybe they just you know they haven't seen me but it it was just like this is cool like i am like it was an assurance as in like yeah i'm a part of the the scene yeah. part of the community like i'm one of them yeah they i was ha- just like oh, i was working a lot i got a girlfriend they're like yeah girlfriends i want to hang out at open mics mm-hmm. i'm like yeah why would i bring my girlfriend to tramps like <laughs> that's the thing nobody i mean i don't i don't mean this in like a, a, a you know uh, like a, nobody nobody gives a shit yeah you know yeah everybody's too concerned with taking care of themselves mm-hmm. that nobody gives enough of a shit 
unless something terrible happens to you. Right. You know, that's right. when everybody comes through. You lose a loved one or something. But yeah, no, no, nobody is carrying animosity because you're not around, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody's willing to just leave you in the dust. Yeah. Now, having said that, there are people who you're not going to get along with and it's not because of anything you do. It has more to, it has more to do with them. Yeah. You know, um, I mentioned earlier that I, I get concerned with people who hate me, but uh, as I get older, I'm more comfortable with people hating me. Yeah. I mean, because in, in the end, it's really not my problem. Yeah. You know, if somebody has a reason to hate me, that's that's more on you. Mm-hmm. You know, why should I give a shit? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you feel the same way? Do you feel similarly? Yeah, I'm starting to feel kind of like, gosh, how can I go into this? Um, yeah, I'm comfortable, like, with a fact. When I was younger, I'm just like, I want everyone to like me. Mm-hmm. I just want to be liked. And as I gotten older, it's kind of like, you know, people have different personalities mm-hmm. and some people just don't do well with each other. Yeah. Um, I've also had the things as in like where like I've learned where friends come in and out. Um, and cause I, if there's anything that I value more, um, than anything on the, on, on earth is like relationships with people. Mm-hmm. It's having good friends and, um, I, I enjoy family. I don't ever post pictures of my family, but I'm like one of those people that does call his mom and dad like every day. Oh, yeah, it's just like, hey, I'm d- I just got out of work. It was really shitty. And then I just go on and just complain about something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then. And oh, then, better you do it to them than us. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And <laughs> we, don't, um, we don't want to hear it. And then I just ask them how they're doing and stuff. Yeah. But, that's great. But um, yeah. Where was I getting with this? I guess like I, li- I, I, I like being honest with like people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, not every personality is going to, you know, match up. What I I went to New York like in November and I stayed there for 10 days. And the one thing my friend Matt that I was staying with told me, the one, and I don't know if you've said this before also, he said, the one thing I really enjoy about this city is that like you can sit down next to somebody at a bar and you can hold a two-minute conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And they can just stop you in the middle of your sentence and say, you know what? I don't fucking like you. And they'll get up and they'll walk away from you. And that's the last interaction you have. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I love that honesty. Yeah. That was definitely him, not me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've never had a conversation at a bar where someone did that to me. Yeah. But, uh, well, when he told me, I was like, how many people are doing this to you? <laughs> yeah, I think maybe your friend has an issue to work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, and it uh, may not have been from him, but it may have been from someone else. But I was right. like, somebody that's there told me that. But I, the point, he, I think I understand the point he was making. And it's that, you know, the interactions you have with others uh, mm-hmm. in a city like that are so flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a you know the, the city moves so quickly that yeah. there's an opportunity to sift through the people you don't like yeah. to find the people you do yeah um i don't know if that's the case in austin um but i think know, everyone's I'm authority i think everyone here is wanting to make a connection with people that's the one thing i noticed here are they to an extent yeah i think to a certain extent i, I think, think they want to get to know you and, and and i think becomes more of a selfish thing as in can I benefit from being friends with this person? Yeah. And if not, they move on. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I've experienced that necessarily as much as I've, as I've experienced, uh, we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll acknowledge you exist. Mm-hmm. We're happy to have you here, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you know, unless we spend more time together, it ends right there. Yeah. Which I, that's, I don't even think that's Austin. I think that's everywhere. Yeah. You know, I just think that's humanity. Yeah. Um, and by the way, uh, when you said earlier that uh, as a kid you just wanted people to like you mm-hmm. uh that's the seed for stand-up comedy yeah not saying the funny lines yeah. in your in your uh, miss america speech yeah yeah though that's the real seed the miss america speech just to reinforce that mm-hmm. um just, just please like me just please like me Notice oh me. you like me when i do this great yeah. i'm gonna try to keep doing this hey, man and ever since that like what uh, the rest of my college career from that day was like what class can I take to do a presentation in front of everyone? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> and, and then, that's, yeah. And then you went into radio because yeah. you thought this is how I could do it. Yeah. Right. And did not work out. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a work in progress. I, I do the public affairs program. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're getting your kicks out on stage. You're doing your yeah. thing. Right? Yeah. You got No, a, I enjoy it. I have an outlet. You're doing your, your FPIA dates coming up, right? Tomorrow. All right. Good yeah. luck. FPIA Thanks. for all the listeners outside of Austin is the funniest person in Austin contest. It's pretty much a contest that, um, if you don't do well in, you should quit comedy. No, I'm joking. It's just a contest uh, where three grand is at stake and every comedian participates. But um, you've never seen 200 people fight over 
three thousand dollars and is it a f- yeah <laughs> I, I mean i have my opinions about comedy contests in general i don't mm-hmm. think that they're the uh, every every uh, uh and i'll give this advice to you now actually because every one of my friends on their date i've texted this to them look you go up there and you give the audience a show you mm-hmm. don't you're not competing you're performing uh do what you do because you've done it before and then it's out of your hands you know right. there's this then th- now this advice goes beyond comedy there's something to be said about being able to control the things you're able to control but letting go of the things you can't mm-hmm. i know that sounds very biblical and weird and cliche but it's true right yeah you partake in these contests you can't force the judges to advance you right so don't try yeah just go up there and make the fucking crowd laugh and if they don't laugh whatever you go do a show a few nights later you make that crowd laugh yeah you know there's nothing at stake it's just you know have a good time yeah no it's just all about being in that moment that's so, it man just yeah. being present dude let's yeah. go smoke some weed and be present <laughs> no not can't do that before you brought guacamole yeah <laughs> god I can't wait to dig into that yeah, <laughs> yeah Matt what's it gonna say on your tombstone um Matt was that too morbid crea- no no <laughs> creator and host of uh Midnight's of Matt so what is Midnight's with Matt? Well, oh, yeah. I was going to leave on what you were going to say about the Tombstone thing, but now I have oh, to ask no. a follow-up. Oh. Yeah, you've heard of that, right? That's a it, bit. It, it was a bit, and I think I'm just going to turn it into something else on my own. All right. Yeah. Uh, your Midnight Love radio show. There it is. Yeah. Well, with me. With Matt. I give the worst love advice, <laughs> and for some reason, people keep listening to it. Mid- so. What do you find, like Midnights with Matt, starring yeah. you know Dave, Dave, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like somebody completely not named Matt. I, it's a it's a fun little, I guess, like sketch, maybe improv kind of thing that I that I've been doing with my friend Colton. Yeah, it's your, and, it's your baby. Yeah, yeah, and I and I like it, and I hope I can get it. I can stop being lazy and get it off the ground soon. So, you, you will. Yeah, you will. But you have, you have, there's, there's a lot of uh, plates that you're spinning right now. Yeah. So don't try to spin too many. No, I know that. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's. I think it would be a cool little like platform to like get off the ground and and do, Completely. and then make make a parody movie to private parts involving Midnight's of Matt. And yeah, well, wow, you're, you're really thinking down the road <laughs> oh, here. Just you know, I'm I'm getting my pitch ready for Lauren Michaels. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. one thing at a time. Yeah. First things first, let's wrap this up and get sure. that guacamole home. Sure. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining me today. Hey, I, hope you, I hope you got enough out of this. I did. did you have a good it, time? I did. It was very therapeutic. Yeah. It went by super quick, too. Doesn't it? Yeah. That's a testament to my interviewing skills, so yeah. thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Did we even, <laughs> like, reach a final point to anything here? Do, are we supposed to? I don't know. Do you want to make a final point? No, I don't. I, I, I don't think they're. I just. I don't know. It's. It's just like. Are the is the audience going to learn something? I think so. Okay. I mean, if they don't know you, I think they know you a little bit better now, right? I, by the way, I do like how when you like post these on Facebook, you just use the first name. Oh yeah, and, and it's like. Ryan's pretty cool. <laughs> is that a cool thing yeah. to do? Yeah. It's just like, this podcast is a Pat. I'm like, but which Pat? Yeah. yeah. Well, that is the central question yeah. that this podcast looks to address. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's called Ryan with the Millennials. It was yeah. an initial idea that we strayed away from, but the central question is, am I, am I still cool? So when this one pops up, it pops up, it's like, like, you know, Ryan with the Millennials, his episodes with Matt and they're like, well, which, is it the famous Matt? That's, that. That was from Austin and lives in L.A. now? Could or, be. Or is it, you know, Matt Sadler, who's hilarious? You, never, you never know. Well, we yeah. do, uh, the episodes are titled First Name, Last Initial. So it'll nice. be Matt A. Oh. So. Well, then it's none of those guys. No, it's not yeah. those yeah. guys. It's you, buddy. It's me. It's you. It's only about you. Yeah. Uh, again, thank you for joining me today. And uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, we are a part of the Body Tape International Podcast Network. Spin by their website at bodytapeintl.com. Sample all of the programming tons of fine shows to get into and if you enjoy us drop us a line at ryan has a podcast at gmail.com and that's going to do it for us we will see you next week see ya